What up? How you guys doing today? I'm not doing too good, actually. I just had a tough uh, realization earlier that I am um, horrible at football. And no, I'm just bad at football, man. So you guys should all feel sorry for me. And uh, yeah, I'm terrible at football. Anyway, has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. Um, today, I would, or this last week, I've been praying about what God has for today and what he thinks, what I think he is preparing for you guys is he wants to just simply overwhelm us all with his love. So, I don't know, I, I was expecting a little bit bigger reaction than that. I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal right there. I mean, this is God wants to pour out his love to us. And I think, I think it's safe to say we all know that God loves us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we all know that. But what, 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 God, was, what God was showing me this past week is that we know that he loves us, but we don't really understand the fact that he loves us. We don't really understand it. And I think when we come to GM, we think of ourselves as part of a group. And we think of ourselves as um, a member of just, just GM. We're, we're, you know, we're GM. We are. we are. We are the church. We are GM. But I think what God wants to do tonight is not minister to GM, not show his love to GM, but show his love to the individuals here. That has been on my heart for the past week. Because I, I think we get too caught up in groups. Really, I do. And we're so caught up in bringing this city, you know, back to, you know, to God's glory. We're so caught up in, you know, the revival coming out, we, we tend to forget to think about the individuals. And in reality, the only way to have a revival is through the individuals. And what we tend to forget is that that's what it's about, is that it's about the individuals. So that's what I want to communicate to you guys today. I want to communicate to you guys that God is fiercely, intimately, and passionately in love with you. Does that sound good? Does that sound groovy? I'm excited. I'm excited to have this opportunity to speak. I'm super blessed to be here. And, oof, I'm stoked. So you guys turn with me to Romans 5. Who has their Bibles here today? It's not a lot of people with their Bibles today. Who has their iPhone Bible today? Yeah. That's what I always bring in. Starting to feel convicted about it because it's not good. Because in the middle of reading the Bible, I get like an ESPN update, and it's like it's not wholesome, man. So I just plant that seed, and you guys feel convicted. No, sorry. So you guys all there? No. Okay. All right. Romans five. We're going to start in verse 1. I think it's a good place to start is the first verse. Actually, we're not starting in verse 1. We're starting in verse 6. My bad. It says in Romans 6, 5, verse 6, 
For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. And in verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son and shall be saved by his life. That's a, that's a, I'm going to read that again. That's a good, that's a good passage. I'm going to read it again because I don't even think anyone is reading with me. So, for while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ, everyone say Christ, Christ. died, everyone say died. For, everyone say for, I'm sorry. For the ungodly, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Say his blood. blood. Say justified by his blood. blood. Praise God, my word. We shall be saved from the wrath of God. Through him, for if while we were enemies, I'm going to say enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for this, this service, for these people, for every each and every one of these people here, Lord, I thank you so much for them, Lord, and for their hearts to be here, God. We are all here to seek one thing, and that is you, Lord. I pray, Lord, you will be revealed to us today, God, that your love will be revealed to us. Lord, I just break the enemy and anything he's trying to do in the hearts of these people, in my heart, and every individual here, Lord, we break the enemy, we step on his neck, God, and we rebuke him in whatever he's trying to do, and we proclaim your name tonight, God, and in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, and just reveal your love to each and every one here. Amen. My heart today is not to communicate to you guys as GM, like I was saying before. My heart today is to communicate to you guys as individual people. So I want to encourage you guys as you're listening to what I'm saying, what I'm reading, and I feel like it's inspired by God. So I, so I feel very, very passionate about this. And I want to encourage you guys today to, to think of this as a message straight to you because it really is. I feel like God wants to speak directly to you. So I just want you guys maybe even think that it's just me and you in the room and I'm speaking right to you because... This is so important that God, that you, real, that you realize that you are important as an individual. I think we don't, we don't know that. I think we really don't understand that God, that God thinks of us as an individual. He doesn't think of us as just his children. He thinks of you as his child. Now, there's a difference in that. So I want to encourage you guys to think of this as a message straight to your heart and have a heart to receive. Because my heart is that you will receive the love of God today. And he will reveal himself to you in a way that you've never really encountered before. You've never really 
seen before. Because God wants to know you as a person. Because he deeply, deeply, deeply loves you. That sound good? So, so please receive this as a, as a message straight to your heart. That's my heart today to, to communicate to you that. So, the love of God. Hmm, where to begin? Now, a lot of times I think like the, the love of God is is like is like the uh, a relationship between a, a grown up or a, or a mother or a father and their baby. Now, I have a couple kids, <laughs> so I know a lot about that. <laughs> Not a joke. If you guys don't know, I don't have any kids. <laughs> Um, but I, I do have a niece, and the, the, I'm kind of speechless when, when, I, when I think of my niece because I, I I love her so much, and she is the most amazing thing that I've ever seen, really. And uh, she is the cutest baby. I don't care what anyone says. She is the cutest baby this world has ever seen. Until my child, of course. <laughs> and then she'll be the second, then the third, and the fourth. Yeah. But, no offense, Elena. <laughs> no, but, I, I, I just love this little girl so much. Every time I see her, my, my day just brightens up. It doesn't matter how bad of a day I've had, my day just brightens up when I, when I, when I see her. And she, you know, she's not even my child, so, it, 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 you know, it's amazing that I can feel that way about someone that's not even my child. So, you know, I'm looking forward to my child, you know, and see, see how I feel about her or him, you know. No, but when I, when I see her, you know, my day just brightens up. When I, when I see her smile back at me, it's, it's something special about just a baby smiling back at you. I don't know if anyone else can contest that, but there's something special about it. There's something amazing about it. But there's something really special about when Lila smiles at me. I, 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 I don't know how to explain it. I just, I just feel so good about myself because, you know, in my mind, I'm her favorite uncle. So, <laughs> I mean, I, mean like I, I know I'm her favorite uncle. So, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Competition in the family, no, that's terrible. Um, but when I see her, my, my, my day brightens up and... I love her so much that I just can't keep my hands off of her, you know. You know? <laughs> and she, she's so awesome. I just want to hug her and hold her all the time. But we have a big family, so I don't get to do that, that much, as much as I would like to because everyone wants to do it. Um, but every time I see her, I, I just want to give her a little kiss in the, in the cheek and just be like, you are so beautiful, man. And I'm just blown away every time I see her. But every time I go in to kiss her, basically, um, she... Slaps me, <laughs> and she usually rejects me. Then after she rejects me, I, I sneak in and get a quick little, quick little kiss because I know she doesn't like it. her. In her mind, she's probably like, "Get away from me, you freaks!" You know, always always just touching me and holding me. Like it's weird, but I can't help it because you know, because I'm in love with that little girl. 
and doesn't matter how many times she rejects me, doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many times she cries, doesn't matter how many times, whatever, I, you know, I'm always going to love that little girl because, you know, she, she's my family, first of all, but there's something about her that's, this is amazing. And I feel like, <laughs> there she is, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what God feels a way for us, but obviously a lot bigger. He, 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 he doesn't matter how many times we reject him, doesn't matter how many times we turn away from him or spit in his face, he, he's always there, no matter what, he's always there. And there's something about that just, it blows me away. It really does. And I think of the things I've done in my life, and I think of all the sin I've committed, and I just think, how, you know? How is this possible that this God who created the whole earth, who, who, who has all these people to take care of or answer their prayers, he, he thinks of me individually, and he loves me individually. And, and, I, and I mess up so much. I'm like, if I was in his shoes, I would be done with me in an instant. Because he just constantly is rejecting me. But God's love is so powerful, it's so strong, that he can't help it but to love us. I love what Gabriel said last, last uh, Thursday. He said, God is not necessarily obligated to save you, but God is obligated to love you. He has to love you because it's who he is. You know, he is love. Right? God is love. And I think about that. I think about that relationship, my relationship with my niece. And I think about all the times she, um, like, gets hurt or, she, or when she starts crying. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at her and be like, yo, yo man up, man. You know, man up, you know, you know, the, the TNLs would be like, you know, man up, man. You know, she's a girl, but whatever. Man up, girl. No, but, <laughs> like, I look at her when she's crying, when she's in pain, and I have nothing but, but uh, you know, good feelings just for her. I have nothing but compassion for her. And I just want to hug her and hold her and, you know, comfort her. Usually, you know, parents get to that first, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but every time, you know, she, she's crying and she's hurting and she's in pain, you know, I, I, I'm not like, man up, you know, grow, you're, quit being a baby. You know, that, that's horrible. You know, <laughs> you know, she is a baby, right? <laughs> and I, I think about us when, when, you know, when we're, when we're uh, in pain, when we're struggling, we, we think of God as looking down at us being like, what are you complaining about? You have it so good. You, know, you have an amazing family. You have, you have whatever, you know, all this stuff. What are you complaining about? Well, he's not saying that. He's not saying, man up, you know. He's not saying that. <laughs> he's looking at us with compassion. He's looking at us with love. And what we tend to get caught up in is that, that God looks down on us because, you know, we're not as good as him. I know I do. I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way. But I know 
I don't fully understand the love of God. I don't fully understand that God loves me. Because if I fully understood that God loved me, I want to go to bed every night ashamed of myself. And I want to go to bed after, or I want to to just go and get alone and just be ashamed. Be like, God, what could you possibly think of me? You know, you probably think I'm horrible. Like, this is some of my prayers sometimes. You, you're probably sick of this prayer. You know, I, I've, I've, I've prayed this so many times. I've repented for it. I don't, I don't know. I'm always coming back. I'm always saying this exact same thing. You know, you probably don't even care anymore about me. Because how could you? I, I mess up every day. I don't know about anyone else, but that's what my prayer is. Almost every day, I'm like, I'm not even going to, sometimes I don't even bother because I don't feel like, he cares because I've spit in his face so many times. But <laughs> it's not true at all. When we're dead, when we're in pain, when we're ashamed, we're, he, does, he doesn't look down on us and tell us to man up. He doesn't tell us to, you know, he doesn't give us a bunch of guidance. He doesn't, he doesn't, doing that. He just looks at us with love and he wants to share his love with us and he wants us to love him back. Um, I, was, I was out at dinner with um, Andrew, uh, my brother, Constance Campbell and, and Pete Hanks and um, Andrew was talking about um, this Generation Unleashed conference we went to last year and this preacher that was speaking there, named Chad Veach, very, very amazing man of God, very anointed, and it just didn't really hit me when he was saying it at the time as, you know, profound, because I had heard it before, and I was kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that, and kind of threw it to the side, but as I thought about it later, I thought about how profound it was, because there's this guy, um, Chad Veach was a speaker at this conference we went to for a couple of days, and he had 6,000 kids he could speak to, there are 6,000 youth in this, in this one room, and he could have spoken any, that's what Andrew was saying, he could have spoken any message, any powerful, you know, repent, turn your finger away, you know, do all this. You know, he, he could have done any of these messages, but he, his message, message was based around this one thing, is that all he wants to see is to see young people fall in love with God. I don't know if, if I, I don't know if I was in that situation. But if I had to preach to six thousand people, you know, I would, I probably wouldn't think about that message. But really, that's all God is concerned about: is you falling in love with Him. That's all He wants is for you to fall in love with Him because He is in love with you. And as I was thinking about that, it was it's so profound, so powerful, and I was just thinking. How can it be so simple? <laughs> you know, how can it be so simple that God, this amazing person, this amazing guy who created the earth, who came to this world, died for us, how can it be so simple that all he wants from us is to simply fall in love with him and to simply just be with him? That's all he wants. <laughs> I mean, it blows me away every time. And the more I think about it, the more I think, how good of a God do we have? Because this is a God that has all the power in the world. He could very easily make us his slaves. He could do whatever. He could treat us like garbage. And he, all he wants from us is to simply 
fall in love and be with him. What the heck, man? And we're not, I mean, necessarily, I mean, speaking for myself, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, the, the best children, you know. We're not perfect children. What kind of patience is that? What kind of love is that? That God just, all he wants from us is to simply just be with him and spend time with him. I'm just saying that right now. It, it boggles my mind. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You guys turn with me to John 14. This time it's verse 1. When you're there, say, Hoo-wah! Dang, I was already there? That's impressive. His iPhone is probably way behind, huh? I know, iPhones are probably actually faster than actual Bible. You got me there. Hoo-wah. All right, I think we're there. Are we there? I heard a few hoo-wahs. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Oh, just to give you some context on, the, on this passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples right now, um, basically directly after <laughs> he predicts the, betr- uh, the betrayal of, or predicts Judas betraying him. And um, I just want you to think as I'm reading this, to think about the position that Jesus is in, to think about the fact that this guy he's been sharing his life with for three years, he just predicted the betrayal. He knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to come. So that's why you guys have to think about that and think about the words that he's saying in this passage. Jesus speaking straight to his disciples, he said, he, he's saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your, everyone say your. Your, your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, and, the, and where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. What are you talking about? Probably said a little more respectful than that. But How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, if you think about the context of this, of this passage, you think about the fact that Jesus just got betrayed, or he, he, he just predicted the betrayal of basically one of his brothers. If you think about that, and then you think of the words that he uses, it blows my mind. As I was reading this, I don't even know, like I was just speaking to read, I don't even know if the, if the actual um, purpose of this verse was for this, but for me and for this message, I, I felt like it was. Jesus just got betrayed, or it, sorry, it just predicted the betrayal, his betrayal of Judas. And the first words he says is, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. I just think about that. I mean, if that was me, and I, I, just, I just found out that Andrew, my, my brother, was betrayed me to my certain death and I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, uh, help me. I mean, I don't want to die, you know? I would be like, you guys, I'm about to die. Feel sorry for me, you know? 
pray for me, you know, pray for boldness, you know, pray, pray for all this stuff, pray for that. And I, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like on my knees, and I would just be like, what, no, God, I, this can't happen, I, I can't die, you know, this is my brother, there's no way you betray me. Then I would probably like, you know, knowing my, my, my flesh, I'd probably have bitterness towards him, and I would probably like wish curses upon his life. <laughs> All right, just being honest, just being transparent. <laughs> No, he, he would never do that, I hope. But, no, but if that was me, I mean, I would be like, what the heck? I mean, this can't be happening. I would be crying. I'd be like, I don't know what I would be. I don't know what. I would just be like, everyone focus on me. Feel sorry for me. Help me. I mean, I don't want to die. I mean, I, but Jesus, in this passage, he doesn't even say anything about himself. This guy that knows he's about to be betrayed, knows he's about to go into misery, basically. He's about to witness and experience horrible, horrible pain. He knows all this. You know, he's God. He knows. He knows what's about to come to him. He knows all this. He, he knows he's about to be crucified. He knows he's about to get beaten to the point you can't even recognize him. He knows he's about to be denied. He, he knows all this. And the first words that come out of his mouth is, let not your hearts be troubled. That shows me one thing is that God is not concerned, or Jesus is not concerned about himself in this passage. He knows what's up. You know, he, he, you know, he knows what's up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, no. He knows what's going to happen, but he's at peace with it. And he is more concerned for his friends. He's more concerned with his brothers, for his brothers. He is concerned because he's, he's what they've known for the past three years. They've been with each other for the past three years. They've shared their life together for the past three years, and he's about to leave. And he knows that they are going to take this hard. They are going to be devastated. They don't know what they're going to do. They're going to be lost without their teacher, without their, their friend, their leader. So the first thing he says is, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now that shows me that God is more concerned about us as the individuals than himself. And two chapters later in verse 17, he, his time has finally come. He, he's praying and he's saying, God, my time, is, my time is up. This is about to happen. And he knows it's about to happen. He knows what, about, is it, what is about to come upon him. And he doesn't pray. All he prays is that God's, or these, God will be glorified through these people through these disciples. He's not praying, Lord, give me strength. You know, numb me so I don't feel all this pain. You know, come and save me before I get thrown on that cross. Come and save me before I get whipped. Please, I'm, seriously, God, I really don't want to do this. Like, he's not doing that, you know? And the craziest thing about it is that after it was all said and done, after he got crucified, after he died, after he went to heaven, and after he, all that pain... It was worth it to him. What the heck? I mean, how is that worth it to him? Going through all that. I mean, just I was actually mowing today, working. I was thinking of what if after it all happened, what if it wasn't worth it to him? And the first thing that came to my mind is like he like comes up. He's like, you know, God, I'm about, I'm about ready to. That's not worth it. That was terrible. I, I, I don't even care about these people anymore. And then all of a sudden, like, they'll, they, like, put on some gloves. They start fighting. And, 
and like the Holy Spirit's the ref, and Mike Goldberg's in the middle of introducing the the fighters, and then Joe Rogan's you know you know he he's announcing you know on this corner we got Jesus the Son Christ, and in this corner we got God the Father and the referee Holy Spirit, and then they start brawling it out, and I was and my mind just went crazy, and as I was I was like that would be a pretty cool fight, but. That's kind of stupid because it would never happen. But I was just thinking, if 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 in their mind what it didn't end up being worth it, like that, what would happen? And that's the first thing that came to my mind, and that just shows how weird I am and how consumed with the UFC I am. <laughs> but in reality, it was back to back to the point. Sorry, it was worth it to Jesus that he would go through all that pain and he would go through all that misery just for you. Not for you, but for you and you and you, and you but for the individuals. It was worth it to him to die for Matt Stinson. It was worth it to him to die for Megan Holland. Just think about that. Think about this guy. He has one life to live, and he lays it all down for you. And at the end of the day, it's worth it to him. And at the end of the day, still, all he wants to do, even after you reject him, is just spend time with you. Craziness. Just this last March, um, I had gone through one of the hardest times of my life. Um, and in the in the in the moment, I I didn't realize it. But this this last March, Andrew actually shared a little bit of this in his last message. Um, my uncle passed away in a skiing accident, and during the whole time, I was this, I was in pain, I was hurting, and I got to the point where I actually um, questioned whether or not God existed, and. I was low, and I was hurting, and I was wondering, God, are you really there that you would let this man, this great man, just pass away in the way that he did? And I was broken, and the, all the time, I wasn't focused on myself at all. I was trying to pour out to these, to these, um, my family, and I was trying to, you know, be there for them, when the whole time, I was hurting inside as well, and I wasn't realizing it. And when people asked me how I was doing, I was like, oh, don't worry about me. Go worry about them. And... After a while, I had gotten so, you know, I was so hurt and I was in so much pain. I actually questioned whether or not God existed. And I didn't worship. And during worship services, I was just sitting down. I was just, I was confused. But one of the weeks after GM, um, again, Andrew, came and spoke to me and came and talked to me. And we were both in kind of the same boat and horror just hurting so bad. Um, we basically just sat in the, the uh, storage room back there, and we just talked to each other, and we just poured our hearts out to each other, and we just cried together. And It was probably one of the, one of the biggest moments of my life that I knew that I was wanted. I knew that I had someone there, and that God was real because there was no way that God 
that, that's, that one person could, could, could show that kind of love to someone without God. And, and, and I knew that God was real after I was talking to Andrew. A couple of days later, I, I, was, I, was, I knew it. Because there's no way this, a person on his own strength could show that much love to me, could pour out his heart like that to me, even as he was going through the same thing. There was no way. There was no possible way. And I knew that that was God moving right through him. Because there was no way he could have done it on his own. And in that moment, I realized that God wanted me. He loved me. And he desired to be with me. And ever since, I have grown. I've become a better man. And I'm starting to get to the point where I actually want to spend time with God. You know, I'm just starting to get there to where I actually, every day, wake up and want to pray. I want to get with God. Because I've realized that God loved me. I've realized it. And... Even I, I'm not even close to understanding it. All I can say is that God loves me and that he lo- has the same feelings for you. He has the same feelings for every single one of you in this room. And if you doubt me, it's true, so. <laughs> he truly, truly, truly desperately, passionately, fiercely wants to know you and he wants to be with you as an individual. That he would get to know you and be your friend, your father, your Lord. He wants that so much. Now the worship team started coming back up. Um, and I feel like there's, there's a bunch of people in here. They may not even be at their lowest point like I was. They might not even be hurting really. But there's still something missing. Or maybe they're great. Maybe they're great and they feel like they're, 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 they're awesome. And they're, but there's still so much more. And there's people that are at their lowest point And they don't know where to go. And they don't know wh- what to think. And God wants to tell you individually, yourself, that he's here. And he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And there are people here also that want to know you. I, I, I am here for you. Andrew's here for you. Matt's here for you. Reed's here for you. And Katie and Molly, they're all here for you. All these worship team up here, they're here for you and to see you grow in your relationship with God. You guys are not alone. You guys have to know this. You are not alone. God is right there and he wants you so bad. He wants to grow in a relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to be in love with you and you to be in love with him. Even though he already is in love with you, he wants you to love him. And just spend some time with him. I feel like that's all what God is asking for tonight. That you just simply spend time with him. It doesn't even matter if you feel anything because if we're... God is not just based on the feeling. He just wants to know you guys. And you might be lonely. God wants to tell you that you're not alone. You might be in pain. God wants to show you that there is healing in him. You might feel like you're the scum of the earth and you don't deserve any of this. 
Well, God wants you to know that through the cross, you are worthy. Through this, the, 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 Jesus Christ, you are worthy, and he wants to know you. You guys, the heart of God is to simply just know you and to simply just be with you. He wants so bad for you guys to just be with him. He just wants to show you guys that he loves you tonight. I don't know where all you guys are. You guys are all in different places in your walk with God. Maybe you're not even in a place in your walk with God. Maybe you're, you're, you don't even know who God is. Maybe you don't even think he exists. I don't know where all you guys are. But for every one of you, no matter where you are, it doesn't matter how many times you rejected him, doesn't, it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up, it doesn't matter what you believe, he loves you and he wants to know you. It doesn't matter what you've done, no matter what, the title of my message is no matter what, he just wants to know you, he wants you to fall in love with him. Tonight, he wants to do that. He wants to encounter you and reveal himself to you, reveal his love to you. Now, I pray that you guys can accept this as an individual and not as just a big group here. I pray that in your hearts there's a burning, and my heart is that in your hearts there's a burning right now in your heart that need to do this. I need to show God who I am, where I am at. I, want, I need to be honest with Him. Maybe you just, you're not even saving. You're just here just to have a good time. Well, God still loves you and He still wants to encounter you and He wants to show you His love. So we're going to go into worship here. You guys can all stand up. We're going to go into worship. And, we're, and what, I, what, what I want from all you guys right now is that you will, in your own heart, get in your own place. I don't know what that looks like right now. It could be going in a corner by yourself. It could be just sitting by yourself. But God just wants to spend some time with you right now. So I want to encourage you that in your own heart to disengage from all this around you and just spend time with Jesus. Just spend time with him and just get to know him and I guarantee it. He will show you his love and he will reveal to you his love in a, in a way that you never knew existed.
actually feel like they're actually in a really good place. God wants to show you that there's so much more than where you're at. And I feel like as when we're in these good places, we tend to get complacent and we tend to think, you know, we're, we're, we're good, we're all right. But God wants to show you that there is so much more. There is so much more for you than where you are at. The second group of people is the people who just feel like they don't really have much worth. They feel like they're, they're not really wanted. They're not really important. They feel like really their worth is that they don't really know where they are and where they are in God. They don't really know what their calling is. God wants to show you your worth tonight. He wants to show you that you are worth what he went through. You are worth Jesus Christ. You're worth it. And the third group of people is those who feel so ashamed of themselves that they feel that they're not worthy of God. And they feel like they've out God. And that they're too bad to, to, to encounter God. Well, God wants to say, uh, Oh, 